Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode 107 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Welcome, welcome back in. We had an exciting week four of the NFL season. Excited to bring you stuff from week five. Max and Super Producer holding it down in the land. I am in the armpit of New Jersey. How are we doing, gentlemen? Doing good, man. Excited to talk, uh, what is this, fantasy football. Excited to beat you this week in fantasy football. Excited to trade. I'm just excited. Oh, it's a big week. Me and Max in our redraft league going at it. You know, I'll be punching down this week, you know, four and oh versus Max's one and three. But I'm excited to uh, to show you show you who's boss. I, I can't wait to see it. You have uh, you have no quarterback. There's no one on the waivers. That's good. So I'm truly excited to see what you do. Super producer, how you doing? He knows it, too. Doing good, man. I went to the Browns game last week, so I'm still trying to recover from that, both physically and mentally. But other than that, man, I'm just excited for another week where we get to talk some fantasy football. There's something in particular I really want to get going. I see we have a guest, the once per episode, John from Dayton, now John from Cleveland, JFD, JFC. I want to know who are you picking in the MLB postseason to win it all? Hey, man, it's a good question. I'm not a huge MLB guy, but um, I have a lot of family in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta sports are, you know, kind of always welcomed in my life. So give me the Braves, man. I mean, that team, though, like they're just so good. The Braves, I just I don't see them losing, honestly. On top of that, you know, I like them, so – Atlanta, Mr. Max, who you got? Um, I think this question was asked in our chat earlier today of who I'm rooting for. Uh, definitely the Braves. I have a polo. I tell people the Braves are actually my first favorite team these days um, with how disgusting the Guardians are with the name change and the lack thereof paying players. So I'm a big Braves fan. Super producer, who you got winning it all, raising the commissioner's trophy? I'll just still roll with my same pick, the Astros. I didn't, haven't been watching any baseball, so I don't know. But they cheat, so. They do cheat. They cheat, but cheaters win until they get caught. And then the commissioner decides to do nothing. Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. Maybe they'll find another way to get some new garbage cans or some type of something. No no recycling bins this year, Mr. C. They're going to they're gonna tap on recycling bins. Uh, me personally, I think I'm going to have to go. With the Phillies, I think they have great starting pitching uh, outside of one starter who's been a little shaky and they have a lineup. It's a boom bust lineup, which I typically don't like, but I think in the playoffs, it's it's hard to go to the bank and win. And they're the only team that's not afraid of the Braves. They play them so many times and they beat them. They beat them a lot during the year. So I think I have to ride with the Phillies. They're the only team that I can honestly realistically see moving past the Braves in the NL. All right, let's get into the episode. Before we do, wanted to shout out our Twitter account. Follow us at Dynasty Monarchy over on Twitter. A lot of great content over there. Super Producer always sends out fun and interesting trades that he's seeing, as well as player values. 
And then just general commentary on the fantasy football landscape. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. We do jersey giveaways once or twice a year. We already gave away a signed Garrett Wilson jersey if you're new. So follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Let's get into the episode. All right, four reports from around the realm. First and foremost, it looks like Jonathan Taylor is going to start practice on Wednesday. Super producer, I know this is one of your big guys that you loved. Want you to touch particularly on Jonathan Taylor's situation. I don't think Dynasty or Redraft, you're starting him this upcoming week if he does play. But let's assume that he is slated to play. What is your outlook for him? If I have him, I mean, I'm starting him. I, that's, I think it's clear as that. I mean, I don't think. You don't believe in giving him a grace period one week? No, I don't think so. And I mean, it would be tough for them to have him on the active roster, I feel like, and not give him any touches. Even if he gets 10 or 15 touches, let's say 10 on the low end. Dude, I don't know. I still think he's one of the best running backs in the league. And you got to start your studs in certain cases. I mean, maybe if you have some good depth pieces, but I mean, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor at this point, probably got him on a discount. I'm just going to roll with him. And because the Colts have no incentive not to give him like 20 or 30 touches other than him going off for like the NFL yardage record. It's beneficial for both of them to get Taylor touches. I feel like, because he's still, has to drum up his market, and who knows? He still could get traded, but no team's going to trade for him if he's getting just sitting six carries for 30 yards. All right, Mr. Max, quick question to bounce off this. this I have a really hard start-sit decision. The league kind of shades towards standard scoring. Are you looking for a volume play like David Montgomery while he does punch the ball in? Would you start him or would you start Taylor off this weird kind of I don't know what's going on situation in Indianapolis? Honestly, man, I'd probably start David Montgomery. I know what he is. It's not like I'm starting some scrub. Uh, David Montgomery to me is a solid running back, too, that is probably going to score the, um, a touchdown most weeks and get 12 to 15 carries at minimum. So I'm starting David Montgomery as much as I love Taylor. I'd probably start them both. Who are your other running backs? Uh, the other running back would be Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I'd start them both. Yeah, so you'd start both of them. Okay, let's keep moving forward. Next item up, Kenny Pickett. He might miss time. He, he might not. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin not confirming or denying whether or not Kenny Pickett's injury is bad enough to miss a week. What are you doing with the auxiliary pieces around there? Are you going to try to invest in Najee, hoping that they run the ball a little bit more given the injury? Are you trying to buy low on Pickens? I know he hasn't looked particularly insane. What are you looking at, Mr. Max? Kenny Pickett, I'm a little worried about, but it's not like I'm going to say, oh, go to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I just bought Pickens in the league, actually. I'm not too worried about him. He's looked pretty decent. I feel like he's a nice wide receiver, bottom wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Um... With that being said, Najee looked pretty solid, but then there's Jalen Warren who got the receiving work as well. So I think Pittsburgh's not going to be this bad for a while, so I'm buying. Are you buy, sell, or hold? That's a better question instead of forcing you to do one or the other. Who am I buy, selling, or holding? The Pittsburgh offense, Najee. Then you look at Pickens, any of the auxiliary 
pieces. Like, let's say if I'm a depth guy uh, and trying to find maybe Allen Robinson, someone like that. I'm probably buying. I don't think you can sell for very much right now. I think they're at an all-time low, so I'm definitely buying this window. Super producer, who you got? I, if anything, I feel like I would just sell Pickens and maybe buy Najee. I, I'm not excited either way. I feel like once Deontay comes back, it's going to be tough, you know, for Pickens to be super sustainable. But they got a bye week coming up next week as well. So you're really going to be buying them. And then they're just going to probably sit on your bench unless you got some crazy, like, bad depth problems. You're probably not going to start. I mean, maybe you'd start Najee this week, but he still looked inefficient and had a lucky catch for 32 yards. So he goes over 100 yards on the day. I think it's really interesting what's going on in Pittsburgh. I think if we look at them, let's say they're a Mike Tomlin team. They go nine and eight, right? I don't see them getting more than nine wins, but we know he's going to go over 500. He's never gone under 500. They pick around the 15 spot in the draft. This is the biggest quarterback draft I've personally ever seen maybe going back to that 2018 draft, but I even think that this draft class is more talented than that 2018 draft class. I think it's time when Pickett comes back and has a decent game, I think you have to completely divest in super flex leagues because I can see the Steelers going out, trading a pick and going and moving up and getting one of those guys like Michael Penix Jr. or any of the other like later, later to mid first round picks like Shadur Sanders if he does come out. All right, let's keep moving forward. T. Higgins seemed to have fractured his rib doesn't say whether or not he will miss time. I can only assume that either Burrow or him will miss a game coming up. Let's just talk about the Cincinnati offense as a whole. Jamar Chase is an instant plug and play. Joe Mixon, I think you have to play him either as an RB2 or a flex at, at the bare minimum if he's not your RB1. But give me the auxiliary pieces like T. Higgins moving forward dynasty-wise. I think this is a great, great, great time to buy T. Higgins knowing that he's potentially going to be a free agent this offseason. You know, JFC going to chime in here. I actually saw a really interesting fan theory about the Bengals today. This guy, it was a Cincinnati Twitter page. Uh, some listeners may have seen it as well. <clears throat> he basically said the Bengals, if they're smart, should chalk this season as an L. Trade T. Higgins to the Panthers, which, I, I mean, I don't really love that for T. Higgins value, but um, he was saying how they should just tank and they should just try to draft uh, Marvin Harrison. I don't know if they'd be interesting that bad, but I mean, Marvin Harrison and Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow throwing the football, if presuming he's healthy and he's not, doesn't look like um, peg leg Joe. He he doesn't even look like he wants to play football on the sidelines. He looks like he wants to go home. So, well, he's he's writhing in pain. I, I truly do mean that. He's 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 grinning it out, but I feel like he's doing a Baker Mayfield to himself, where he's yeah, playing through the injury, but it's hurting his team. But I just thought that was an interesting theory about the Bengals that I wanted to share. Thank you, JFC. Very insightful. He always is. It's something truly amazing that Wagner. He's he's the Kramer. He's the Kramer of our show. He just pops in. Yeah. And he Um, he makes fun times for us all. Yeah, 100%. Try living with him. It's it's a great time, especially playing Catan with him. (laughs) I mean, you you try to get yeast, he says no, and then you just move on. You you scoot. Um, But with that being said, I'm buying tea, like you said, Pete. I think it's a great time. I'm buying him in Dynasty. In Redraft, I just can't buy him with his rib injury, with how bad Joe Burrow looks and stuff like that. It's still that price tag. I mean, honestly, I feel like he's probably worth like, I don't know, 
And like, I feel like him and Jalen Waddle have probably pretty similar values right now in redraft. Mr. C what, what's your value on Higgins? Like it, it can't be less than a first probably can't be more than two. The constant thing that we talk about where it's like, okay, what's his value truly as a probably floor wide receiver two doesn't have the ceiling in Cincinnati to be a wide receiver one. So it's like, are you going to pay really more than a first round pick for that? I mean, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, it's hard. I would, I would pay a first, but everybody who has T Higgins probably loves him. Like, oh, he's 24, all this stuff. He's going to go somewhere great. I don't know. It's the same tired thing to me, like in the dynasty community, where it's like they're going to see T Higgins being a free agent and say, oh, he's going to Kansas City. Oh, he's going to <laughs> Green Bay. Oh, he's going to, I mean, just name a place. So it's like, is his situation really going to get better than the Cincinnati Bengals who obviously Burrow has been struggling this year with injury, but that's almost the best spot for him. I, I mean, minus Jamar chase, uh, but realistically, where's a better spot he's going to go to than where he's at right now. I just don't really see I just think, a great I spot, think the, but the only team that I could think of that would really be a true step up for him with the way that CJ Stroud's playing is the Texans. I think he could make, some may some crazy 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 moves down there but this is like niche you know one out of 32 or technically one out of 31 chance because he can't get traded to his own team so i think it's a super interesting conversation that we're going to monitor the rest of the way this season with with t higgins's value i do think it's going to be approaching an all-time low very soon all right last talking point before we get into our weekend recap and crystal ball and lord knows at some point mr max is going to throw a trade out here So let's talk about Zach Wilson. We saw Monday night. We saw growth. I'm going to hold myself out of the conversation because I think I'm going to have an aneurysm if I do keep myself in the conversation. Let's talk about the auxiliary pieces. Let's not talk about Zach Wilson for Superflex. It's obviously one game. No one's going to buy in off one game. Let's talk about the auxiliary pieces rest of the way for redraft. We know Rodgers is going to come back either end of the year this year or next year. Redraft, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, all these guys are fine. Let's talk about a redraft lens just for Garrett Wilson and Tyler Conklin, the tight end situation, Lazard, flexible, Brees Hall. What is going on with this New York offense moving forward? You saw that glimmer of hope, Max. The only person I would start from that offense is sadly Garrett Wilson, and even he's like a wide receiver too to me, maybe flex. Um, Brees Hall, he just, sure, he has some long runs in there. They're just going to be down. They're not going to be running the ball that much, like, Peter thinks they can be a wild card team. Their defense, I mean, they could be like, it's just, it's a completely different story though. So it's like, if they trade for Kirk Cousins, they trade for, they get Carson Wentz, they get somebody decent. Like, all right, you don't then, think Zach Wilson off that game? Essentially, what I was trying to ask is, is he going to be able to sustain this four guys this year? No, I, I, I truly don't think so. We, we've seen enough of him. He had a nice game last Sunday night, which was great. I'm really happy for him. But honestly, I think that. In Dynasty, you can't you can't sell these guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and stuff like that. But in redraft, like you just can't you can't play Brees Hall. You can't play Dalvin Cook, Lazard. If you're desperate, you can play Conklin. Whatever. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really out on them except for Garrett Wilson. I'm very upset for Garrett Wilson. All right, let's move into our weekend recap. First and foremost. The one player I want to talk about who either boomed or busted, 
Kyron Williams. This is a very important talking point for dynasty owners out there. Kyron Williams off this past week, he is officially the RB3 in PPR, four in half point PPR. We've seen his snap percentage go down this week over last week. He was at 100% last week against Cincinnati. He is now at 72% against Indy. We saw them start to work other players into the offense. I think when you look at this from a dynasty perspective, he was either a taxi squad guy or he was a waiver wire pickup. Four game sample size, 17 points, 25 points, 7.5 points, 26 points. That is as consistent as you're going to get for an elite level running back, not named Christian McCaffrey, right? I think in dynasty, if you picked him up off waivers, you had him on your taxi. It is time to sell to a competitor, even if it is for a second round pick, even if it's for a super late first round pick, like the competitor's own first, you don't want to bank on a guy that borderline went undrafted. Darling of the first episode of the show, first episode of the podcast, we talked about Kyron Williams and how great he looked in college at Notre Dame. I, I remember that, Max, I know you remember that. But something that needs to be said, you need to get value while you can. What was the cost to acquire him? Next to nothing, right? So to be able to turn that into a early second or a late first from competitor is instant profit for your team that you don't have to risk anymore. Like when we think about poker, right? When we think about poker theory and game theory, we want to realize profit as soon as possible, right? And to see Kyron Williams here, the risk way out works the reward here. There's too much risk, not enough reward. I think you need to trade him right now for a late first, early second. And I think you can get that from a competitor. We have a four game sample size of him being a top five back. I agree. I think I'll take a different angle on it. I'll start off by saying, I agree with everything Peter said. What I would be trying to do is probably take like Kyra Williams in a second and try to get an upgrade at like running back for the future. So Kyron for Javante. Probably Javonta Williams, exactly. You could get, I mean, you can probably get Najee. I'd rather have Najee from Marie. I mean, Najee's going to be a free agent here soon. Um, so I don't trust Kyron Williams moving forward. I think he's fine for this season, maybe. But they could also trade for a running back. Who knows with that Sean McVay offense? Who knows with Matthew Stafford? If he goes down, they're just going to key on the run and Kyron yeah. will So I am, I am so afraid of his body type. He is a little bit smaller than you're used to seeing as an NFL running back. One wrong hit, and he could become irrelevant. And then on top of that, Jonathan Taylor news has been circulating like crazy, and there's one team that comes up in every single rumor report, and it's the Rams. I don't know if they're going to trade for him. I don't even think that they are, but the chance and the possibility that they add another running back to that rotation makes him virtually worthless. Owners did not invest anything into him. Dynasty owners did not invest anything into him. Get the money while it's on the table. Don't wait for it to double. People that own Kyren are not people that are competing. They got him on taxi squads. They have him off waiver priorities, right? So I think realizing realizing that value is so important for a guy that you paid next to nothing for. I, I truly agree. I mean, if you, if you could take a dollar and turn it into 10, you're going to do that. You're not going to say, oh, wait, maybe I can get 100 for this dollar. No, just take the $10. Don't be greedy. Uh, shout out Mario from New Jersey. Uh when we were in college, he would always talk about never be upset that you made money. Don't be upset that, you know, the cryptocurrency you invested in turned to $10 when you sold it for three, bro, you tripled your money. 
you tripled your money, you created profit for your team that is going to extend past this year. So it, it is very integral. And I implore people out there to sell him. Can't wait till he becomes an RB1 is a Hall of Famer. And, you know, I'm I'm wrong and he has like a career like Henry. But, you know, I, I think the talent is there, but the body size is not there. And the situation, I don't think it is there for the future. Max, you take the floor. Sure. Uh, you went with a boom. I'm going to go with a just bust guy. Let me down. Um, really? He really did. Uh, that's Debo Samuel. Terrible. I mean, just absolutely terrible. I literally traded him still on Sunday while he was still on my team after that pathetic performance. Um, for those that still believe in Debo, cheers. That's great. Um, I think he's very mid. I think that Ayuk is the wide receiver one there. I think CMC gets the full workload every single game and that he's actually Kittles there too. Kittle's there too. I don't think Brock Purdy can support four options like that. I think that um, Debo's going to have his games, of course. But I really think that the two games, I bought into the hype too. The two games where he had 22 and 25 points in full point PPR were because Ayuk was out. So Ayuk comes back. I get they were kind of killing the Cardinals there, but 0.6 points from a guy you invested a second round pick in. Just pathetic. Um, I hope you sold. I bought the hype and overpaid for him. Um, I feel like I got pretty good. ROI sold, I guess. So his schedule's not shout that out, good Shout out Big Al. Max, you can always trade him to Big Al. Debo is his guy. Um, I don't know. There's there's games where, like I said, he's going to pop, but there's also games like I just you can't afford 0. .6 points. You can get depth there. All right, Super Producer, let's hear your weekend recap player. Yeah, so the one guy I'm going to bring up here is Brandon Ayuk. He had six targets for six catches, 148 yards. Um, Ayuk, in the two games that he's been fully healthy, I mean, he's averaging around 20 points per game in uh, half PPR. He's got a few bad matchups coming up here with Dallas and Cleveland. Um, But I guess I just wanted to bring him up for the bigger question of how you guys see his value kind of just in dynasty in general. I, T Higgins was another guy that we were talking about earlier. And if you tried to make that trade for T Higgins and Ayuk straight up in the off season, people would probably laugh at you. But now Ayuk, I feel like is valued higher than T Higgins. And I'm curious to like, as opposed to paying the first and the second, probably for T Higgins, would you rather pay like a first? I mean, it, they're, it might be like a first and two seconds for Ayuk, but like which one out of those two values would you necessarily prefer? I guess is another I question too. I just am a Brock Purdy, not hater, just a Brock Purdy realist and just know that he will be decent and he will never be enough for you to hang your hat on, right? For fantasy, like you can't hang your hat on Ayuk to be your stud if you're going to compete. He's good enough. Like if he is your flex, and you're a competitor, you have made the right moves. If he's your wide receiver too, he can put up a bad week and you could lose in the playoffs. Like I, he's just not a player that I, I'm ready to invest in at all. If I have him, I'm ready to sell him. I would agree, especially with his value right now. Like Nick C and I were talking about trade and redraft. Nick C has him close to Amon Ross St. Brown in a redraft. Can't be having that. Which is just beyond me. Like right there, I was like, all right, this conversation's obviously not going anywhere. Like I think Amon Ross on a different level than him. I, I think Ayuk, like Peter said, is it's a great flex, maybe a good wide receiver too. He's put up solid numbers, but there's CMC, there's Kittle. I don't like Debo that much, but there's still Debo there as well. So 
unless one of those guys gets hurt, I just can't bump Ayuk up there into that echelon of top 10 yeah. fantasy wipers. We just look at McCaffrey, right? He's going to get his, period, end of story. And then the crumbs fall where they may. And that's the way that the offense is going to work. I mean, so far, the crumbs when Ayuk has been healthy has been 20 points a game in, in half PPR. So, I mean, I get you saying like with the crumbs. I mean, I'm I'm definitely biased to like Ayuk more. And yeah, I think these, these next two matchups are going to be very telling for the rest of his season because they're going to be the toughest matchups he's going to see so, for the rest of the, the season here. But let's end on this, Super Producer. Tell everyone the matchups he's got. No Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys, right? So he'll Correct. get a little bit of a break there. And then let's see who's after In that. Cleveland. Cleveland is pretty rough. That's that's a really good defense when the offense is capable. Expecting a defense to play for 45 minutes is never good. But uh that should be a, that should be at least a a competitive game. I wouldn't say a game, it should be semi-competitive. All right, let's keep moving forward, Mr. Max. I know you have a trade for me. 12 team, full point PPR, redraft. I give you Amin Ra St. Brown. Okay. You can't even be offended right now. Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson. Okay. For Jalen Waddell and Joe Mixon. So now, essentially, the, the mapping of the trade, because I do believe in Waddle, and I think Waddle has a very high ceiling this year. So for anybody out there that would be looking at a trade similar to this, it's hodgepodge of running backs in Chicago with a sputtering offense for a more stable guy that has finished as an RB one the last couple of years. So it's whether or not you believe in Chicago's running offense, which I don't, they have a terrible offensive line. Don't get me wrong. The Bengals are playing just as bad. I can give you a counter because I am not abhorred over this deal. All right, Max, after evaluating the trade, I think I'm ready to give a counter. I don't know if you're going to do it. Given the pieces that both of us have, I really don't think that there's a clear and evident way to make it fair. But I'm going to spit this out there. If you don't like it, I understand. So we keep the same bones in place. We have Jalen Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll be giving you Joe Mixon as well. And I'm going to add in Jamison Williams. He's officially off the suspension. You've had to invest nothing in him. All you get is the profit off of him. In return... I think Mixon for Damian Pierce is fair. I think they're about the same player right now. And then I'll be taking Javonta Williams, and you get Jamison Williams. I'm so lost right now. I'm not going to lie to you. For the listeners out there, Max gives me Amon Ra, Damian Pierce, and Javonta Williams. I will be giving Max, Jalen Waddle, Joe Mixon, and Jamison Williams. Pete, I respect that offer. Um, I'm going to have to counter the counter, and this is just be a yes or no. I'm an addict, as you know, Peter. I give you Amon Ra. I give you Damian Pierce. And I give you Khalil Herbert for Mixon and Waddle. That is really interesting. I would have to drop a player, so I'll probably give you someone. I'm going to let you know at the end of the episode after I take a look at playoff matchups. I'm 4-0 right now, so playoff matchups are really important to me, but I'm definitely thinking about it heavily. 
on that offer. So let's move into crystal ball. And after crystal ball is over, I'll give you an answer. All right. So I'll go over a recap for week four crystal ball. Um, Kind of a rough one again. I think we get two in week three, correct? And then this one, we're going to have two as well. Max had boom of Justin Fields, 27.9 points. And Max, honestly, with his bust as well, barely hit or barely missed. I mean, for the criteria, but I guess we'll we'll give it to him. Brees had 8.4 points. PJ's boom was Mr. Kyle Pitts. He had 3.1 points. But PJ's bust, Mac Jones, 0.7 points. I should get I should get two points for that one. <laughs> hey. Oh, let's give it to you, Pete. Why not? 0.7 points is crazy. But and then I just missed on both of mine. Tank Dell had 3.4 points. Lamar Jackson, my bust, had 28.1 points. Regardless of that, we move on to the next week. I will lead us off here. PJ, you're going to love this one. My boom is going to be Christian Kirk versus the Buffalo Bills. Tredavious White towards ACL in the third quarter uh, this past game. The Bills' second corner, I think, as well as dealing with a day-to-day injury. So this cornerback room is really going to be pretty shallow. I mean, they're going to be running out. A guy who was probably a healthy scratch last week, their second cornerback is banged up, and then a third string kind of guy as well. So I don't know. I think this is a juicy matchup, even though it doesn't seem like it on the sleeper bot. But last week, Christian Kirk out-targeted Ridley 14 targets to two. I thought it was a typo. That's why I stopped myself. And he's just been dominating the targets there after week one. Um I'm just going to attack the volume here against the thin cornerback room, honestly. I love it, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be another – I mean, it's in London, which I, I love. Jags are, Jags are staying in London. Jags are staying there. They're fresh. I don't know. I, I think that's a really good pick. I think a boom is definitely in the cards here, obviously, next season. So I, I love it, especially with the, the Tredavious White sad news there. I think Tredavious White sad news. Bills high off a big win. Got to travel to London while the Jags are already in London, love the pick. Plus, Christian Kirk gets peppered with targets. Let's move to me. My boom is Brees Hall. I know he's had a really rough year. He has not played incredibly well. But the Broncos defense is one of the worst defenses I have ever seen in the National Football League over the last 10 years. I I truly believe... I think they're the last ranked team in run defense right now. Jets need to get right game. Jets offense showed promise against Kansas city. I think they realize they're underusing Brees Hall. They're asking Zach Wilson to throw, you know, 36 times a game. That's too many times, especially against a really bad run defense. I think Brees Hall is going to go for a hundred and a touchdown. I really do. Uh, Brees revenge game. This is the field where he tore his ACL last year. Okay. Yeah, Brees Revenge. I, I think the logic's honestly really there, Pete. So I, I kind of like that. I Packet well, Revenge game too. Yeah, Nathaniel. Um, I, I like it. I think that I, I just if he can get a touchdown, like Brees is going to be good for 50 yards. If he can break like a 20-yard touchdown, catch a couple balls, he's right in that boom range. So I love it, Pete. I'm scared, PJ, but I just slotted him in my starting lineup in redraft. So I'm rolling with Hold you. Hold me. 
Hold me, I'm scared. Super producer says, Max, your boom. My boom. I mean, could I go anywhere else? Seriously, could I do it? I'm going to go to the AR-15, AR-5, Anthony Richardson. I mean, he plays Tennessee. Deshaun Watson looked good against Tennessee. That says something. Um, The games he's been healthy, which is two. Um, He's actually scored a rushing touchdown in every game, even though he left the first first quarter, uh, played 32% snaps and then missed a week. But neither here nor there, the guy's a rusher, man. I mean, we're looking at at least 10 attempts. He's going to get five to six yards of carry on that. So you're, you're, it's a five point six, five to six point base. You add a rushing touchdown in there. We're getting another six points. That's 12. And then let's say he throws for 200 yards. That's another eight. That's 20 points. And then any touching, any passing touchdown on top of it. I think he's a safe, safe 20 points. A yeah. Week. I, I texted this to Max, I think Monday, or it might've been Sunday night after Richardson's performance. I like to take accountability for my actions, especially when I'm extremely wrong on a take. I will be the first to admit it. I was wrong about Anthony Richardson. I was so very wrong. I, I looked at his tape and I said he could not throw to players at Florida. He couldn't beat SEC defenses and he looked in shambles at Florida. And I said, how is he going to transition into the NFL when he can't win in college and he can't even throw the ball in college? Shane Steichen is the quarterback whisperer. He's the new quarterback whisperer. I don't care. Anthony Richardson looks like with a competent team around him. I think the Colts could be thinking soupy in a couple of years. Like he, he is legit. And for fantasy football, he looks just as good as Jalen did last year. I think if you put Anthony Richardson on his Eagles team, they probably lose three more games. Like there is not much difference, uh, especially with Richardson as a rookie. Yeah, I don't even know if they lose three more games, honestly. Like they I, I truly mean it. I was I was blatantly, blatantly wrong about him. Superflex, what's his value? Quick. Three first. Three. I wouldn't even sell for three. I would have to get three and a half, four. Wow. How quickly times change. Max, let's move into your bust. It's not gonna it's not gonna be nice on your ears, Pete, but Oh no. Yeah, I know. Miles Sanders. He, he gets the work, man. He doesn't, though. He got out snapped by Trouble Hubbard last week, 43% of the snaps. Um, in a game that was honestly pretty close as well, 13 carries, 19 yards. That's terrible. His yards per carry this year have been abysmal. Um, I just don't think he's got it like that anymore. He plays a Detroit defense that, honestly, they're a tough defense. They can shut down the running back there. It's at Detroit. I don't see the Panthers offense going very far. Um, Adam Thielen's going to get his little dump downs and stuff like that, but – Sanders is he's touchdown dependent. He has gotten some work in the passing game, which could help his calls here, but his rushing game has been terrible. I hate him. Sorry. I, I just don't like him this year. Um, I'd rather have a lot of players over him. I'd probably rather have Chuba Hubbard over him given the cost. Yeah, dude. I didn't realize how poor Miles Sanders yards per carry has been so far, but he is sub 3.0 yards per carry. He's at 2.93 for the season. That's just not a good look, man. I mean, we're all banking on the volume as well. And if Hubbard's going to keep jumping in there, I don't know. I mean, I I could definitely see this as a tough matchup, Max, because that Detroit defense is for real. Hubbard outsnapped him too, so... I still think that Sanders will figure it out. I think that Carolina, while they will not win games this year, 
will figure it out to have a competent offense. I, I think Bryce Young has not played well at all. And I think this is his his floor and his value. So I think they will figure it out. That's what I'm saying. This week, I do like your bust, Max. But I think long term over like a dynasty season, I, I can't I can't get behind that. All right. Guy that I got up, Lamar Jackson. He's had a great year. Quietly the quarterback four. Seriously, like who would have expected this when we, we talk about the beginning of the season, all these hard de- defenses that he has to play. This is the stretch. Cleveland last week, he got bailed out. This week, he's going to have to play against Pittsburgh. We know how ferocious Mike Tomlin is off a loss, and he's going to be getting points at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. I think Lamar Jackson's day is going to be absolute hell. Dante's Inferno, not hot enough. Lamar's going to be put in hell. I'm serious. That offensive line and the way that offense is banged up right now, they're not going to have elite-level receivers during the game. Andrews is going to get double-teamed by those incredible linebackers. TJ Watt's going to feast. The only way that Lamar has a good week and can get salvaged is like a 65-yard or 70-yard breakaway run, which can happen. But I'm really banking on the fact that he does not hit. I think he's going to be slated for like 12 points here, 12 or 13 points at the max. I can't see him getting into the high teens, early 20s. He's been in the league for five years here, um, which would be they're in the same division as Pittsburgh as well. Um, Just given injuries – bye weeks, clinching playoffs, whatever it is. Played him three times in five years. So he's not played them that often. Um, but I do think the logic and the narrative is just there. That Pittsburgh defense is really, really solid. Um, and like you said, they got embarrassed last week to a team that's just not very good in my opinion. Um, I think that Lamar, he's got to have that rushing touchdown to be relevant this week. This was my same reasoning going into having Lamar as a bust last week for me. I thought, oh, good defense. He's going to have trouble getting in, like, anything done in the passing game. And then Deshaun Watson is going to be not playing the game, and it's a full game of DTR. Is it is Pickett out for sure, 100%? Nobody knows. Mike Tomlin's keeping it in-house. Okay. So either like, I guess that's the big determining factor for me. I mean, if Kenny Pickett ends up not playing, I think this is just going to be a Raven stomp fest and Lamar's going to get it done because if Pittsburgh can't move the ball and they're just three and outs every single time, there's just going to be a lot of volume for Lamar to capitalize on. And who knows that defense can get some takeaways too, like they did against Cleveland. Lamar gets in there for six. It's a tough one. All right, Super Producer, let's wrap up with your bust, and then I will have an answer to Max. For this one, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy versus the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner's the best cornerback in the league. I get that he doesn't really move around so much, but at the end of the day, the Jets still do have solid cornerback play, and Judy's just been scaring me, man. I I think the Jets, they're like middle of the road in pass yards per game, but I think it's a little more misleading due to how their offense has been. So I feel like it's been buoyed a little bit by that. But at the end of the day, too, Judy has averaged his his average snap share over the last three games is around 69%, which honestly, this is pure speculation, but he still could be 
in his head about the hamstring injury a little bit. I think that could be playing a factor because if you look at last season when he was fully healthy, I mean, he was averaging closer to like 84, 85% snap share in those games. So I don't know that that's just enough. And his production has been pretty pedestrian for the most part where I'm just going to be off on him until he goes for a crazy game. And that's really it. I think it's a bad matchup and I don't think he's going to get as much volume as people think. Yeah. I think outside of necessity, you just cannot. And I mean, like cannot play any Broncos in this game. And it might be out of necessity because there's a lot of week five buys that I was just looking at. It's tough, man. Like Jared Judy's, he's had one of those such a sad season. I mean, the injury, Russell Wilson, the team, Cortland Sutton's honestly looked pretty solid. So yeah, Nixie, I, I agree here. I mean, he's going up against a really tough defense. The only thing, and like, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game because the Jets can't really score. So yeah, I, I like this pick a lot. And unless you have to play Jerry Judy at like the flex, I would try and move him out. All right. I have an answer for Max. I'm going to accept the trade. The terms of the trade were as follows. I get Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalil Herbert, and Damian Pierce. Max, you get Joe Mixon, Rashad Penny, and Jalen Waddle. I looked at it. I did not like Waddle's playoff matchups. And for him to be my wide receiver one in a full PPR league, it really scared me. He has the Jets, Dallas, and then Baltimore. That is a gauntlet in the playoffs. I get to upgrade uh, playoff matchup-wise to the Broncos and then the Vikings, and then sadly Dallas in Week 17, but we still know that there's going to be no no digs in that game. He's gone for the year. I get two really good running backs for the price of one. I think Pierce presents a great floor. He's not going to have that ceiling like Mixon, but I do believe in the Texans this upcoming year. And Khalil Herbert, he has a chance every single time you put him in a lineup to go off for 20. Cheers. I, you know, I don't think – I think there's better days ahead for Waddle, obviously. Um, that's why I traded for him. I don't know what's going to happen with JMO coming back and report on everything there. And then just moving forward, like I needed that running back solidified. I mean, he's probably going to be an RB2 for me, but I don't think I'd downgrade that much at wide receiver. And I just trade off two question marks, two question marks at running back, get a Joe Mixon kind of guy, which is great for my team, great for my roster. Uh, um, now it's just time for me to go out and get another running back. Yeah, I think it suited both of us, Max. You had a really slow start to the year, and I think you needed to get wins now. And I can afford to maybe lose a game off Amon Ra, maybe not playing because of that turf toe, X, Y, Z. I can afford to maybe lose a game moving forward just to get those playoff matchups that I really need to uh, to get to a championship. Super producer, any thoughts on a trade? I don't know. For me, I do lean on the Amon Ra side. I get what you're saying, but I just – I get Waddle's ceiling last year was a wide receiver one, but – I think Amon Ra is probably the surest bet out of this whole group. Obviously, to finish there, Waddle's already missed a game or two. But and for me, it's like Mixon. He's, I think he's trash. So I think it. I think I either think Mixon's Pierce, good. Pierce or Herbert. I mean, not one for one probably, but for both of them, I think they're have a greater value of Mixon, and I think Amon Ra has a greater value. Uh, than Waddle. So that's kind of my thoughts there. So I understand. Peter, just want to give you full transparency as well. Um, I did get offered a trade for those two guys. So if you want to go and take that trade, you're more than welcome. 
Um, I got offered Michael Pittman and Brian Robinson for Amon Ross St. Brown and Damian Pierce. So if you want that, it's over there. I also got offered Michael Thomas for Damian Pierce. Both of those I kind of said no, but yeah. Kind of mid. I, I like I like Brian Robinson, but just not for that. All right. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we gave away a free signed Garrett Wilson jersey uh, before my heart was completely shattered in half uh, due to Aaron Rodgers' Achilles injury that I will be mourning for the rest of the year. If you see me out in public and I'm not wearing black, you have to shame me because I'm uh, in my time of mourning. I'm still, in, I'm still mourning over Aaron, uh, but it's okay. We'll get better. We will get stronger every week. Again, follow us on Twitter over there at Dynasty Monarchy. Super producer is so great with running the Twitter, putting out polls, showing us recent trades that he's been seeing get through in his leagues. Uh, And then on top of that, you get to stay up to date with the episodes that we release. And it does a big favor for us. It helps increase our presence over on a great platform like X slash Twitter. Again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Any final comments before we're out of here? Let's bounce back. Have a good week of fantasy football. I mean, uh, I don't know. I've had a couple of rough weeks and I think I'm actually going to sit down and watch the red zone channel. So I'm kind of hyped for that first time this year doing it. I just have been watching the Browns games and some of the primetime games. So I'm pretty excited, honestly. Red zone is elite. Tom Brady thinks so. So does uh, Aaron Rodgers. Just going to say, I'll probably make another trade tonight. So be on the lookout for the Twitter. Shout out, Mr. C. He gave me a referral for work. It, it, it's still in the works. It's still trying to come through. Um, it would be a massive sale. So if, if that happens, Mr. C, I owe you dinner. I owe you a trade. Um, whatever it might be, I, I just I need the sale. So What else are league mates for? That's right, man. Mr. C, right. he's going to hang out a lot. I saw him on uh, Friday night. So, Oh, how cute. All right. Thanks, everyone, again. Enjoy week five. Week five, it is flying by. Quarter of the way done with the season. Gentlemen, every Sunday counts. Every second matters. Enjoy your week, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.